Welcome to the Author's Way podcast, a journey to finding your voice. I believe that our stories are powerful, our experience have helped to teach us important lessons, and our stories help us to use those lessons to teach others. Stay tuned to hear some great stories and learn how you can use your own stories to raise your professional profile, promote your brand, and become a published author. Hey there, welcome to the Author's Way podcast. My name is Jennifer Wright and I am your podcast host. So today we have a little bit different type of episode. So a couple of weeks ago, I was at an event called Battle Brews. It's an event local to Atlanta and it supports the veterans community and a number of other business communities in Atlanta. So it's just a great opportunity to network. So I had the opportunity to speak to that group of about 40 people from all different walks of life, including veterans. And we talked about the book writing process and we talked about how it can be a great process, particularly for veterans who may be struggling with being able to share their story, being able to share their voice. So it was a great conversation. That night is the host of that event. And we just had a really great conversation about that. And we address some of the things that might be a little unique to veterans, but may not be, you know, things like how to use the writing process to work through, you know, some of the challenges you have, how to use the writing process to, to really dig in and find ways to help some of the challenges that you might have, such as PTSD and how it can help you with being almost therapeutic. So I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation. It was just a conversation. So, and you know, it, it got a little bit raw and it got a little bit authentic. So I hope you enjoy it and would love to hear any feedback that you have. Please, please reach out to me on social media or even use the email. All of my links are in the show notes and I'd love to hear from you. Thanks. Enjoy. I am excited to be one of the first speakers for Battle Brews. This is this is fun. I twisted Zach's arm and talked him into letting me do this. So my last name is Wright with a W. And when I was a kid, I hated my name. Hated it because I was always last. They always put us in alphabetical order and I was always last. If they put us in age order, I was always last because I was the youngest person in my class. And so they... I remember going into first grade. We didn't have kindergarten. I grew up in the South, in rural Alabama. We didn't have kindergarten. I grew up with more cows than people. I'll just put it that way. And so they put us in alphabetical order all the time. So I ended up in the back corner of the room in every class. And over the course of time, I just kind of, I, I embraced the back corner of the room. And I would sit back there and read and write. And that's what I did. I wrote over the course of my lifetime, I've written thousands of pages, maybe hundreds of thousands of pages that I never shared with anyone. I don't know where they went. They went, you know, in the trash, in the burn pile. I don't know. And as I got older, I became invisible. And I think it was, you know, sitting in the, sitting in the back of the class, I became invisible. And that's something I just realized recently. I was always kind of on the back side of everything. My corporate career, everything, everything I did, I was always kind of in the back. And 
What I discovered though was I became an observer. So I know things that people don't know I know because I'm an observer. I watch, I listen. I may not always speak up, but I know what's going on. And what that led me to is discovering that I had a gift for sharing, helping other people share their stories. I can listen to their stories and I can help them figure out how to craft them and, and get them out into the world. I did that for the first time about six years ago with a friend of mine. She had this book she wanted to write. She's like, I don't know how to do it. And so we sat down and we drank a lot of wine and ate a lot of chocolate and wrote her book together. We've since written the second one. So, you know, two books published at this point. And I found that that was really a talent of mine. Throughout my corporate career, I was a project manager and a process manager. And I found that those skills also, book writing is a project and it's a process. And so I found those skills with the writing skills really created a great ability for me to help people do that. So about four months ago, I left my most recent corporate job. I'm going to say it's my last corporate job because it's my last corporate job to, to do this full time. So it's my passion. I love listening to people's stories. I love helping them to tell their stories. And I love helping them to figure out that a lot of people have a lot of fear around that. And I hear things like, I don't have time. I don't know how. I'm not a good writer. And all of that is based off of fear. It's, I don't want to put myself out there. I don't, I'm afraid someone doesn't want to read my story. I'm afraid someone will judge me when they read my story. It's all, most of it's based, it's stories that we tell ourselves and it's based on fear. So I like helping people get past that fear and understand that they have important stories to share. They have learned things throughout their lives that are important to share with other people. I like to tell this story. So when we were kids, there, there was a creek that ran behind the house and we were forbidden from going there. Do not go to the creek. Well, my sister went to the creek one time. I was gone, but I wasn't there. I was at my grandmother's at the time. She and the neighbor kid went to the creek and they rode their bicycles to the creek. My dad came home, discovered what they had done and went and found them. And she was grounded and she lost her bicycle because they'd ridden the bicycle. I think the bicycle actually got broken when it was thrown into the back of my father's truck. I learned a lesson from that. <laughs> Don't go to the creek. I may not learn everything from my own experiences, but I sure as hell am going to learn from somebody else. So you have lessons that you've learned. They're important to share with other people. And you have stories, you have experiences, you have skills. And my goal is to help as many people as I can to get those stories out there. We've also found, and I think Zach can attest to that, is therapeutic. It's therapeutic to write your story. It's therapeutic to get that information out into the world. So yeah, that's what I do. So obviously that's a lot. She has put me straight several times attached to my story, but she highlighted one thing that I want to get a hand raised from everybody in the room. How many people in here, she mentioned that she felt like she was invisible, like she wasn't seen. From the veteran side, we're told we're not supposed to be seen. Right? You're not allowed to share yourself or put yourself forward. We're supposed to stay in the back. Right? How many people in here have ever felt that way? Like you can't step into the limelight. You don't belong in the limelight. How many people in business 
have suffered from that because you're not meeting your potential of success, right? So when it comes to writing a book, it's not necessarily something that I looked at in that capacity, but it's something that from my podcast to business ownership for years and the things I struggled with forced me into the background. We're trained in the military. You stay in the background. You never put yourself forward because the person that's forward is usually the person that's taken out first, right? And that's what kind of what we're taught. It sounds a little bit uh, to maybe people that don't understand the veteran mindset, but that's how we're trained. You don't put yourself forward because the moment you do, you're taken out, right? You become competition. You become an issue for other people. So a big piece of what she's coached me through is not only telling my story, but also making it relatable to people that haven't gone through my experiences, haven't gone through the veteran experience. But when we, when we look around and you say, I've been invisible for years, that's not just a veteran aspect, right? That's not just a veteran that's coming from that. It's a very relatable piece of information. So I'm curious from not just the perspective of working with me as a veteran, but also working with other clients, what piece of advice would you give to the room attached to having the courage to take that leap into this space that a lot of us feel like we shouldn't be in? So I talk a lot about your audience. So I think it's important to understand your audience and understand maybe what some of their experiences are. Because I think sharing your experiences with other people helps them to, it, stories connect us. And it helps, it can be therapeutic for other people. It can help them kind of see that, you know, I'm not alone. I'm, you know, other people have experienced this. And it can really, you know, not only teach them, but help them to, to really kind of understand themselves as well. So, you know, really kind of understanding who your audience is and the point you made about relating to other people kind of outside of the, the veteran, veteran community, broad ranges of people can learn from, even if you think that no one understands what I've gone through or no one, or, you know, only this group of people can understand this. That's, that's not true. There's a lot of things that I've read in your story that I sat back and I said, wow, that's, I can totally relate to that. That's, I'm, I'm going through something similar right now, different capacity, not quite, you know, not quite the same thing, but, you know, it was a lesson for me. So it's helpful to other people to, to hear that. It helps them to feel like they're, they're not alone. And maybe you have lessons that, that they can, you know, they can learn from. So it's an important piece for your own growth and also the growth of others. Does that make sense to everybody? How many people in here were in combat at some point in their career? There's several combat vets. I was in Afghanistan with Green Berets in 2019. Saw combat every four days. Took about four weeks in country before I lost a couple guys. So it's something that the, the kinetic aspect of Afghanistan and what's happening in the Middle East still to this day goes back 30, 40 years, right? So we have a different experience. One thing that she's highlighted for me is that as a veteran, there are certain aspects of being in service out of the country, in the country, in leadership capacities that make it relatable toward a civilian or somebody that hasn't served yet, but also recognizing there are a lot of people that have siblings or spouses that, have not, that, that are dealing with the same issue, right? 
anybody in here that's a, a spouse, sibling, has ever dealt with a veteran, but isn't a veteran? Nobody. Wow. I'm an ex-wife. Yeah. So ex-wife, that's a perfect example of what veterans do really well. I'm making a joke, but it's funny because it's true. Funny because it's true, right? So a lot of our story, you know, we, we want to make it relatable, but when we transition out of the military, one of the biggest issues we face is how do we make that relatable? And that goes everywhere from a resume to experience to transitioning into this space of normalcy. But then what is normalcy, right? As veterans, we don't necessarily recognize. How many serve more than five years in here? Several people. So I'm at year six, but the last year has been medical discharge for me. So I don't even have a full veteran experience like most of y'all do. Or yes, you've been you in. Brother, you've got it. It doesn't have a number. You have it. It's a great point. My best benefit was that I was, I had 10 years of professional experience before the military, joined the military, had six years of experience there. So I have a little bit different aspect than a lot of veterans where I don't necessarily transition back wasn't as difficult because I knew what it would be like, but also my story, as you know, is something that went into a very dark place after losing some people. Leaders' guilt, survivors' guilt, being in the capacity of not deserving that success or deserving business success, life success. When we talk about not deserving, and I think that's relatable to a lot of people. Anybody feel like they don't deserve something, success, life, happiness? Anybody that's not a veteran, we have food. Food is the most important thing in the world besides alcohol. Anybody else who have 17? I don't want to stop food as long as you give me a bite. But does anybody ever feel like they just don't deserve something? Like they're not good enough. They've done something. So like karma is catching up with you ever. Anybody ever feel that way? Nobody wants to raise hands, but yeah. nods, right? Put their hands raised, right? So... One thing I struggled with as a veteran coming back is when I lost Will and Joey, those were the first two I lost. Again, we were about a month in. I felt like because I didn't bring back a husband, a father, a son, one of which he was three months from getting out, 24 years old. He was killed in action. We were ambushed. He left three kids and a wife behind. I'm the one that had to write a letter to his family. And after that, I felt like I just didn't deserve success. I didn't deserve a family, sabotage the marriage, divorce. Veterans are good at that. Sabotage marriage, sabotage business, relationships, friends, isolated myself away from the world because I felt like I didn't deserve that piece of it. But that's not a veteran-specific feeling. We've all gone through different things where we've done things that maybe we feel like we don't deserve the limelight or we feel like we're stuck in the back corner and we're invisible. When people feel like they don't deserve to tell their story or nobody's going to listen or you don't have anything worth saying, Anybody feel like that? I don't have anything worth saying that anybody's going to listen to. What would you coach them through? How would you frame a story or their story for them to understand it's worth telling? So there's a lot of layers to that. It's a big question. Yeah, it's a big question. I say do it anyway. One of the things that I do is I, I help people kind of understand the purpose behind what they're writing. So some people want to write a book because they want to use it to help build their business. Some people want to get on speaking stages. Some people want to share their story with friends or family. And, you know, that's really, that's really their purpose. So I think first you have to understand what your purpose is and why you want to do it and why it would be important. And it might even take sitting down and having a conversation with somebody about it. And 
you know, really kind of talking it through to get to, you know, what it is that you really want to do. Strategy session. Yeah. So we did a strategy session back several weeks ago when Zach really got um, started. So we had a couple of conversations about it and we knew he was going to write a book. So we really just had to sit down and have the conversation and really kind of talk it through and organize it and really talk about what what the book is about. He had a different book that he had in mind. And the more we talked about it, we discovered that this one that he's writing right now was his first book. The other book can come, but this one is the first one. And so it's just, it was just really about having the conversation and talking through it. And with me and my sticky notes and my Sharpies, which I'm obsessed over. Yeah. And so it was really just, it was really just talking through it and understanding what the message is, understanding the why and the purpose and who is going to be helped by this was really kind of, was really what got you started. Once we laid it all out and really understood that this was such a message that could be helpful to other people. And the sessions can come in many forms. They can, you know, I do an exercise called a sticky note exercise and, and it's just all about organizing your thoughts. You can do brainstorming, you can do mind mapping, you can do just co- having just conversations. There's a lot of different ways to to approach it. It's just start and and really, you know, really looking at what you have and, you know, what information you want to share. What are the stories? I always go back to story. Story is the most powerful piece. You can share data, you can share information, you can share, you can teach, but it all comes back to story. That's how you relate to people. That's how people relate to you. That's what's compelling. That's what's interesting. And I don't want to write another book that doesn't have stories in it because they just bore me to tears if they don't, you know, if I can't connect to the author, I don't, I don't want to read it. I don't want to write it. So yeah, just tell your story. So I'm going to wind down my part of the question. So I try to keep this interactive. So if you have a question, a comment, concern, thought that you want to bring up to either one of us, please go ahead and start raising your hand, start idealizing. I'm not an English person, but start thinking through what you want to ask. She mentioned therapy earlier. Anybody in therapy currently? I'll raise my hand really high on that. Has anybody ever not been in therapy, knew you wanted it, but made a reason not to be in therapy. Physical, mental, absolutely. The veteran space, we're all pretty uh, busted up, I guess. I was one, she mentioned to be in therapy. So she mentioned it's very therapeutic for people, very therapeutic for myself to write the book. My podcast, very similar podcasters, I don't know what essays in here. Podcasting was very therapeutic. I was able to essentially have therapy sessions every time I got on a podcast. and went from business tactics to personal tactics and personal successes where I was able to talk to experts about these things. Therapy is like that one thing that uh, actually truly saved my life. My therapist reframed different things. He was the first person to ask me, have you ever thought about blaming the Taliban soldier that killed your soldiers instead of blaming yourself for planning the first person to frame it that way? I'd never thought about the enemy combatant that killed my guys. I'd always thought about like, I did that and I didn't plan well enough. My intel wasn't good enough, whatever happened. So I blame myself for them dying. And he was the first person to reframe that for me. So as we've gone through our sessions, the strategy session she's talking about, y'all, when she says sticky notes, it's like the bar length of sticky notes and all these ideas. And she has all these notes and where the mind should go, the mind map aspect, where we want the story to go. And it, it very much became therapeutic and good and bad. 
there have been tears. There have been highlights and joys attached to writing this book. But all of it comes back to getting comfortable telling your story as part of the healing process. You're not having the conversation. It's just us lock, locking skeletons back in the closet until they start scratching it. That's when it gets really bad. When they start scratching and start hearing that noise, because all of a sudden it's silent. Have y'all ever dealt with that? That was like one of my worst fears when it got quiet and they start hearing the scratching. That was one of my worst fears. That was where something really got bad for me. So instead of like letting that build up, going through therapy, doing something like this where you're telling your story and feelings has been a piece of that to like not let them, not let the volcano erupt, right? But allow me to let it out piece by piece and process it in a different capacity. So she talks about it being therapy. I think that's a huge piece of it. And it's definitely a healing properties attached to what I'm doing. I have so many other things we can talk about from our sessions. Does anybody have a question y'all want to direct to one of us before I keep rambling about my experience? I'd like to hear what Jennifer's process is. Like, what is her process involved? So it's different by person because everybody kind of comes into it with a different experience and a different at a different phase. So it it really just it starts at the ideation phase. It starts at the brainstorming, it starts at the, you know, what are the ideas, what are the stories, what do you have? And we kind of lay all of that out um, and come up with a plan. And then I believe that if you don't know how to do something and you're keeping, you're holding yourself back because, you know, I don't know how, once you understand the process, that just makes it easier. It should be a, a joyful process. It should be a fun process, even though sometimes there's tears and, and sometimes I get to yell at him, but don't let him fool you. He enjoyed it. So, so that's where we start, basically, or the organization, the structure. We go through exercises of understanding who the audience is and how you craft your book can change depending who you're writing it for. So we work through all of that. And then it's just a matter of getting through chapter by chapter writing the content, editing the content, and really making sure that the information flows in the way that the reader wants to read it. I try to make sure we're really focused on the reader because my goal is that people read the book, people recommend the book. I want to get it into as many hands as I can in any way that you want to. Maybe you give the book away, maybe you sell the book, you know, however you want to get it out to as many people as you can, if that's what your goal is. So it's really just about understanding the purpose, understanding the audience, getting organized. And then once you do all of that, it's just, you know, the only thing that's left is like writing the stories. And I do do this exercise, this brainstorming exercise. One of the things that people struggle with is to say, okay, I'm going to sit down and write today. And they sit down with their computer or their paper. I write in longhand. Um, I do a lot of my writing on pen and paper. My brain functions differently when I'm writing with my hands as opposed to typing. But they sit down at whatever they're doing and they're like, I can't think of what to write. So I do these exercises with them to come up with a list of things to write so that anytime you sit down, you've got something to write. You don't have to spend your time thinking about what do I write next? You have it. So it's really just making, doing those exercises so that it makes it easier for you. And it takes out all of the, the questioning yourself. It takes out all of the, you know, I'm not a good writer. 
I hear that so much. I promise you, you're a better writer than you think you are. You're good. No, he is good. He did a rewrite of his introduction and it blew me away. I almost lost my mind because I couldn't come up with anything to yell at him about. And so I promise you, you're better than you think you are. And you get an editor. You get an editor if you need to. So it's really just moving through, you know, moving through that process. And once you know that, once you understand the process, it becomes receiving. So to touch on that, John, real quick, something that veterans are really good at is accomplishing tasks. We get task oriented. One thing that people in general struggle with is developing their own tasks, right? I can develop a task for her. We've done some coaching where I've helped her launch her podcast. Here are your tasks, right? She couldn't necessarily conceptualize it unless she's very task oriented, that process. For me, what she's done the, the most for me is here are your tasks to accomplish, go do them. As veterans, we can do that shit, right? We can go accomplish a mission. Here's your mission, go do it. Here's your mission, go do it. We can do that really well. So having her involved in my process, or uh, I think there's going to end up being like five revisions. We're on two or three at this point. Wow. We're on one still. Yikes. All right. Six weeks to go, y'all. But that's what has helped me the most is it's a task-oriented process. I don't know those tasks, but she breaks it down into like eating an elephant one bite at a time style. That's what she's done the best for me is here's your task, here's your task, here's your task. So overall process is one thing, but the day-by-day -day process is what she's really highlighted. I saw another hand go up in the back. Go ahead. One of my day jobs is in mental health. And I can speak to the healing, the therapeutic power of writing, even if you only write one word at a time. One sticking out, whatever it's volume to at a time. Put them together, the bundle of and the colors start to come together, birds start to come together. Whether you're familiar with Vincent Campbell or not, yes. we're all on a hero's journey. All of us here are on a hero's journey, which means there's an art. So if you don't know where you're going, and you really don't want to look back and pay attention to where you've been, pay attention to what you're thinking about yourself, and start seeing the themes that come out of that. And ask yourself, is that what I want to do? So it gives you a reflection point to move forward in whatever direction you want. Whether or not you reach the, the, the level of writing a book, which is daunting to me, can you take care of skeletons that have flesh hanging on them? Because that's one of my challenges. So no. joking aside, to touch on that, absolutely she can. There are things, my discharge was 18 months ago. 18 months ago, I had a pistol in my mouth at the end of a dock, ready to become a statistic. There is work that I put in before she came into my life, but there's still things happening in my life that she's helping me process. So yes, to that point, that's very valuable. So again, if it's only one word at a time, and I don't care how you spell it, when your hand is writing, it's like it's one word at a time, process of taking a thought or feeling and emotion that has no, that's just raised with hell in your, in your soul and putting it into a word is control. And now we control that thought, that feeling, and now we can do something with it. So please, all of you, give it a shot. Give writing one word at a time and whatever color you choose. 
because he will be a better person for it. Thank you. And to that point, I do talk a lot about book writing. Book writing for a lot of people is a daunting task. You don't have to write a book. There are lots of ways to get your information out there. There's writing articles, there's writing blogs, there's doing a podcast, there's doing videos. And it all kind of involves the same, very similar processes. Um, it's the organization, it's the structure, it's the you know understanding what stories you have to tell. So it doesn't have to be a book. And I have a ton of people that I talk to who've been writing blogs for you know, a couple of years. Now they have the content for a book. You know, they have 25 blogs or they have, you know, 30 articles that they've written. Yeah, Zach's, the book he's working on right now started with a bunch of LinkedIn posts. And, you know, we sat down and we looked at it and I'm like, this is really good content. Yeah, so it was really just taking all of those. You were doing a 30-day posting every day for 30 days. It was all really good content. It needed to be expanded. And so that's really what we're working on now. So, so there's a lot of ways to get your information out there. It doesn't have to be a book, but it could one day become a book. You know, if you journals, if you, you know, using a journal to write, to write things down. So, so there's lots of ways to do it. Don't think it has to be, because a lot of people think, well, oh my God, that's a, that's a big process. So, you know, so there's lots of ways to do it. And I do it in so many different ways. I do it when you know, when I used to manage teams, when I used to do process work, I would do it for that. And it, it's a brainstorming activity. Basically what you do is you take your sticky notes and you, what I do is I take, I set myself a time limit, usually like 15 minutes. I do a little meditation beforehand to get myself kind of like in that mind frame. And then I just start, you know, I have a topic and I just start brainstorming thoughts around it. And I write down every single thought on a separate sticky note and I put it up. Once I'm done, I walk away. Not long, an hour, never long, more than like a half a day. Then I come back to it. I go through all my sticky notes and then I start to organize them. And for a book, I use it to brainstorm my chapters or I use it to, if I'm working on a chapter, I use it to brainstorm my thoughts about the chapter. So it can be done over and over and over. It's very similar to mind mapping if you have if you've ever done mind mapping. So you can do it on a piece of paper too. Um, just write your topic and just write all of your ideas around the topic on a piece of paper. So there's lots of ways to do it. I find it to be an extremely effective tool. And you also don't have to do it by yourself. You can bring in a colleague or a family member or a and you actually get even that many more ideas when you're when you involve someone else in the process. So because I mean that you stuff gets stuck in your head and it's just a way to, and I'll write down everything I think about and it may not be relevant at all, but I just get it out. So when I, when she mentioned she's obsessed, her birthday was a couple of weeks ago. I think we bought all of Costco's sticky notes <laughs> for her, for her birthday. Best present ever. She literally cried when she saw the markers and the sticky notes because she was so happy about it. Not joking. I'm a big believer in intentionality. I start my day with the morning routine, very intentional, 4 a.m., then the gym by 5, very intentional. My alarm is the Rocky theme song, Eye of the Tiger, because it starts my day off high. When I go on stage to speak, Rocky, Eye of the Tiger, that's, that, that's where my mind goes. I wake up happy when I hear that. 
So for me, it's more about intentionality. What are you looking to get from every activity you're doing? So whether it's putting on an event, speaking at an event, starting your day, I'm very focused on intentionality. So it's not necessarily, I guess that is one word attached to it all, right? But I want to craft everything around. What am I intentionally doing? So I know what the end goal, the purpose behind my involvement is. Does that make sense? So I talked a little bit before about purpose. And I think it's very important to understand your purpose. And that involves the vision. It involves, you know, your values, understanding what your values are, understanding what you want to convey and who you want to convey it to. So, yes, I think that's very important. And in whatever form you want that to be in, if it's a vision statement, it's a, if it's a, a value yeah. statement, understanding your purpose is critical. Otherwise you'll get into it and you'll get to a point where you ask yourself why you're doing it. You lose motivation, yes. And I was actually talking to somebody today who had, who had done exactly that. She had worked and worked and worked on her book. And then she kind of had a moment and she's like, I'm not sure what I'm doing with this. And we had a really good conversation about it. And she's ready to get started back on it. But it's very easy to kind of lose, kind of lose that if you don't know what you're shooting for. And it's also important to understand how you can, your information, your stories can help others. And I think capturing that when you're, when you're writing your purpose is important as well, because you can go back to it and help you to kind of re, re-energize yourself when you start to get down, because we all do that. I'm not normally one that seeks affirmation attached to that piece, usually not my motivator. But she's done a really good job. I'll shoot her a text. Man, this part's really hard for me. Rewriting the intro. And I'll give this story real quick. Y'all know Michael Coles, Coles School of Business, a very American cookie company founder. He's writing the forward for my book. He's he's promised to write the forward of my book. I sent him the first couple chapters. He wanted a summary. And he picked up the phone, called me, and said, Hey, uh, your book is not worthy of my forward. Thank you. Your book's not wor- worthy of my forward yet. You need to improve. Stop stop being guarded and actually tell your damn story, which is when she mentioned earlier, my rewrite was after Michael put a boot on my butt, and he said, hey, I'm not writing you this forward. So I'm not usually looking for affirmation attached to different pieces, but when I get in those dark moments of, I don't know if I want to talk about this piece. I'm worried what it'll do to Vetlanta because I'm the marketing guy. I'm in front of things. I'm worried about everything else I'm building, business, right? Do I want to go down that path? And that's one of the greatest fears I think we all face is, is it going to ruin everything else I'm working on? And I'll send her a text, hey, I'm struggling with this. And she sends back, the impact you're going to make by releasing this book, good or bad, is going to be the impact that people need, the impact that certain individuals are really going to want. So it really, that affirmation isn't necessarily affirmation in the way that we all look at it, but it's affirmation in life that confirms what I'm doing. So she's been phenomenal with that piece. And I think that's helped me a good time because I need that in my life as a balance. And that helps. All right. All right, y'all. Let's wind down. I'm going to give Jennifer the last word. First and foremost, thank y'all for being here. This is an amazing, amazing turnout. I appreciate all of y'all. Enjoy, stay, hang out, build community. Make sure we appreciate Zach 1.2.0. slash Beefier, bolder, more beautiful, more hair for sure. All right. Y'all enjoy. 
But for the last word to send off, I give y'all Jennifer. So in case you haven't picked up on it, I feel like it is important for everyone to have a chance to share their story. If you're ready to do that and you're not sure where to start, if you need any help at all, please reach out to me. Get in my phone. I'm happy to, you know, sit down, have a conversation with you, help you in any way that I can. She's amazing. Her company is exactly right. She's helping everybody craft their story, edit, publish, do all the amazing things. Y'all have a great night. I appreciate y'all being here. Y'all have a great night. Thank you for listening to the Author's Way podcast. I'd love to hear from you about any future topics you'd like me to cover or other authors you would like to hear from. Head over to my Facebook page, The Author's Way, like that page, and join a community of writers, authors, and fans. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thanks again, and I'm looking forward to seeing you next time.